2: I have a song I might debut on the uh, podcast. No, you don't. I do. I just came up with it. Wow! But, but, but please don't try to like.
3: Why don't you just do it right now? Fine. Yeah, because if you just came up with it, I just like let's test okay. test run it and then I'll ask for it. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, you can participate in the beginning, but oh, don't like shit. try okay. to like finish my words like you do sometimes.
3: Oh, that's fun, but okay.
2: Oh, oh, we're, oh halfway we're
3: halfway there. there. Oh! oh, I'm poised.
2: All you have, I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, I thought it was a funny then, bit to feel the anger. You know is. what I mean? We're halfway there. Oh, pull out because halfway through the season, I'm frustrated pulling out my hair. Mike Bibby at one point said, Man, dude, you got during the game, he goes, Man, you're getting stressed out. Your, your hair is gonna look like mine soon. He did say that, yeah. And
3: then Perry, our audio guy who has a bald top, said, yeah.
2: You're actually gonna look like mine,
3: deuce. We're like, oh ah. shit! Everyone just needs to keep their hair in place yeah, yeah, yeah. and watch the game.
2: Do some mo, we're coming down in three, two, one. Hit my music. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce send mo. mo. The podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast recording this on a Thursday night on the heels of a road trip that was so painful for the Kings, a couple of bad losses at the end when they were up against the Bucks, mm. up four with 18 to play Dame with the dagger to win it. Then a great response in Phoenix until <laughs> about eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter when the Suns rally back from 22 down to beat the Kings in heartbreaking fashion. But the Kings are back at home tonight to take on an Indiana Pacers team that just made a trade a bit shorthanded after the trade and no Tyrese Halliburton. But they had different problems tonight. (laughs) TJ McConnell, Benedict Matherin, and the Sacramento Kings fall on the home floor to the shorthanded. Indiana Pacers tonight at Golden 1 Center, 126-121, to 121. and all of a sudden, the Kings have dropped four in a row, their first four-game losing skid since the start of last season when they started the season 0-4. I'm Deuce Mason, that's Morgan Reagan, each and every one of our podcasts presented by our friends over are at Northwest Exteriors. Check out TrustNorthwest.com. Morgan Reagan?
3: Are I'm fine.
2: How are you doing? I'm fine. You're fine, huh? I'm fine. Tell me why you're fine. Um, I understand you handle these things a little better than me. You're the person that tries to be even keel. I'm the emotional one. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. When things are going well, I'm fired up. I'm juiced. But things are going a little sour. I'll say I feel this. It. Back in my
3: playing days, I did yep. not take loss as well for myself. I, I mean, I honestly probably should have gotten professional help. But mental health <clears throat> back then... Was just, like, not a thing. But I, re- like, I did not take long. So you're
4: handling it better now?
3: I don't, I think, but here's, I have a, a a personal connection to it. But I also can take a step back and I've matured the way that I've looked.
2: You call me immature? No. You call me immature? I've matured the
3: way that I can look at a basketball game. And when I say that, <laughs> I still have had my immature moments. But I can take a step back be a little bit more mature about it when I go, okay, big picture, big picture. Now, I'm not scared right now after this loss at all, but it just hurts. You know, it just, do, it just doesn't feel good, especially when you had a good game against the Bucks and you lose it in just heartbreaking fashion. You had a good three and a half quarters Against the Suns, yep. a good three, a good three and a half quarters, and then you lose it in an awful fashion, and then you just have a shit game tonight against the shorthanded Pacers at home. That's where I go, ew that's gross, barf, not fun.
2: And we've reached officially reached the halfway point of the season, Morgan. They are twenty three and eighteen halfway through this NBA season, and you go, well, hey, that's not too bad. Last year at the time we would have celebrated the fact that they were 23 and 18. But man, does it feel completely different this year, Morgan?
3: It does. It does. And I I think one of the biggest reasons, all of our expectations, right? Um, our expectations of what we what we believe inside our souls that this team, this organization could do after such a fun, successful year. But That's why we always say, like, live in the moment, get excited when things are good, because you just don't know how long it's going to last. And it's not just, it's... Can can we
2: get to last more than a year? Can we have fun for more than a year? But that's the thing,
3: you're acting like, but you're acting like it's not. I mean, record-wise alone, record-wise alone, this is the best 40 this is the best record the Kings have through 40 games since the 04-05
2: oh, season that was before tonight but they dropped this one. It's Damn. 41 games in. So the Kings lose 126 to 121. Where did this go wrong? Why did it happen this way? Again, I don't we, we talk about approach defensively. What That's a mess. Bad. After again, you talk about the Suns game where I thought the Kings played some really strong defense yep. and they had to deal with Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, and KD. Grayson Allen hurt him. But that was part of, like, the thing that they were doing early in that game was, hey, we're not going to let the big three crush us. We'll try to make someone else do it. They had their problems late in the game, but you you saw the signs tonight. I saw a Pacers team that was just coming out, playing physical and with an absolute edge. But before we get to those guys, TJ McConnell set the tone tonight. (laughs) And I don't know if, like, they don't take TJ McConnell serious because he's this little guy that looks I saw him come on the coach uh come on the court today. I was like he looks like an assistant coach you before the game. I'm like look at Morgan, he looks like an assistant coach out there.
3: Yeah, you were talking shit like early on. He was like hearing it from across yeah, the way. Yeah, I'm sure
2: he was. My whole point to it is looks can be deceiving and this guy can play basketball. He provides so much energy for the for that team, but tonight TJ McConnell dominated the Kings. The Kings in that first quarter allowed so many points in the paint, and in large part, it was TJ McConnell and the Kings' inability to defend TJ McConnell. Pick and roll, it was easy. He'd get a little bit of a switch, turn the corner, no help whatsoever, bucket. It was insane. Like,
3: what? TJ McConnell, 20 points without any three-point attempts. Any. And you had a stat of the night nominee was just what T.J. McConnell has been doing from beyond the arc.
2: He's made one three-pointer this year. T.J. McConnell's one for 16. At times tonight, the way they were defending him was just weird. It was. One, You can go under screens on T.J. McConnell. He's not looking to shoot it. But what T.J. can do is he has a little bit of an ability to break you down and get to the rim. But why are you up on him? Like, you are up in him like it's Steph Curry out there. You can't defend him like that. And then in pick-and-roll situations, you're, you're giving him the ability to just turn the corner baseline and go up and under. No help whatsoever. And this was multiple guys not helping. We did a breakdown on TV with it. Once it was Kevin Herter, not helping. Once it was Sasha, not helping. Once it was Keegan, not helping. The help's got to be there, but also just it's TJ McConnell we're talking about. Even if you like him as a player, even if you think he's a good reserve, this is not a guy that should be changing your game plan Mm -hmm. on a night like this when you're at full strength. And then in the second half, they decide to start blitzing him. And they've done that this year, like blitzing Devin Booker, blitzing Steph Curry, blitzing Kevin Durant, like Yes, those names I just mentioned are some great players. You don't blitz T.J. McConnell. He can get the ball out, and he's quick with it. And the Kings' inability to just defend T.J. McConnell one-on-one, how they defended him, blitzing him, allowing him to get to the rim, Mm -hmm. I'm just stunned by it. The guy's not looking to take jump shots, but he will. If he gets in the paint, has a little step back Mm. fadeaway, he'll hit that. He'll do the little reverse. It was insane to me. He, insane.
3: Fin- he finished with 10 assists as well, right? And you look he at him. He doesn't shoot. And he doesn't shoot the ball.
4: So the you, you
3: look at... Yes. You look at that threat from right there not being a threat. Not being a threat. So you take that part away from his game. Mike Baby was like, those were the type of guys... That they put me on a guy that can't shoot the ball, but like, I got to make sure to stay with him. Like that is that because that was Mike's way of saying, like, I wasn't the best defender and that's the guy that I have to stay on. You had some of the best defenders out there on TJ and he was... Just crossing people up, making it look easy, probably because everyone was coming way too far on him, just arm's length. He ain't gonna shoot shit over you. It was, it was the adjustment never being made was confusing. I love, I love the idea of the pressure being there and getting up and guys, but it's also understanding your personnel. And this is a guy that was creating because people were getting too far up in his grill, right? And that's why he was able to still drop those dimes and have 10 assists because even if the help was coming up on him finally, it was just like, lob, here's yep. this, corner three for Obi Toppin, whatever it wanted to be.
2: He knew where the open guy was. And so like on one specific play, I think it was Fox and then Sasha coming with the hard blitz. McConnell immediately gets it to the guy that's uncovered. The help comes and who... Someone else is coming from the corner, a Pacers player coming from the corner, baseline, easy jam. And the the Pacers were not panicked at all. They just they just played basketball. They're yeah. if this is how you're gonna defend, this is how we're going to adjust to it. And I I, I don't understand that game plan. Oh that that to me is a game plan thing at that point. The the adjustment at halftime was, hey, let's start blitzing him in some of these situations. I get you want to mix up different looks on guys and maybe you rattle them, but this again is tj mcconnell we're talking about here and the pacers have a lot of young guys who are athletes who start getting some open looks mm-hmm. tonight and they start knocking them down and all of a sudden those guys confidence sky high tonight so i i can't believe we are leading a night chat halfway through the nba season talking about the sacramento king's inability to defend T.J. McConnell and his ability just to get into the paint, whether it's scoring in the paint or kicking out and spraying for three, that is one of the most disappointing things I think I have said this year. The Kings inability to shut down and slow down T.J. McConnell is one of the reasons they lost a home game. Unbelievable. You
3: know, and obviously big picture or of this big focus of this game on TJ McConnell, but you look down the list yeah. and them having 33 assists on the night as well. And I saw someone mention this. They're like, Buddy Heel had eight assists tonight. And that alone, like, this is a guy that could barely put the ball on the floor back in the day. And so he's
2: improved that part of his game. And he
3: has. And that was something that we saw him improve even toward the end of his time in Sacramento. And you're seeing it better and better, but he's still someone, if you put enough pressure, On him, take away his vision. You're gonna, you're gonna scare him a little. You're gonna, you're gonna mess up his game a little bit more. And I just felt like those game plans regarding personnel were was just not there with anyone.
2: And with with healed, I also thought they did it a little bit early in the game. They didn't attack him enough and putting put him in action defensively. Yes, they did early a little bit. I think. Kevin got going a bit, and then Keegan too, but they didn't go back to that enough to me. But tonight, I can't even talk. It's it's not even about the offense tonight, really. To me, it's more about defensively, and I thought, whether it was TJ McConnell, but the, the fact that this Pacers team was without their engine tonight, right? Tyrese Halliburton is their engine. He makes everything go. Mm-hmm. It was hard to even look at some of their numbers coming into this game because you're like, yeah, they're number one offensive rating this year in the NBA, which is, by the way, the best of all time in NBA history. They play with pace. Yeah, a lot of assists. Uh, They lead the NBA in points in the paint. But going into it, I'm going, I don't even know if this is worth referencing because they're without this key guy. The fact is, they played with the same identity tonight, which if I'm Rick Carlisle, I'm just beyond thrilled that my guys – including young players were are able to play with that, that type of focus in a road game shorthanded. So for Sacramento, I, I just feel like we've used the word lackadaisical too many times this year, and Mike Brown used it last game. We've used it on post-games. I feel like that's been their approach, and you see how this game ended tonight where the Kings were down, whatever, 16 with a few minutes to go, and they ended up making it a game with what? Pressure defense focused, yes. attacking and i'm like look i know you're not gonna f- do a full court press the entire game and force the t- these types of mistakes but my point is that type of like intensity being locked in yeah. being locked in why that- are you waiting until you're down 16 like three minutes to play when the game was out of reach everyone in the building <sighs> thought it was done
3: yes there are so many people leaving and then even when that that run started going you saw a few people turn around and then as soon as they felt like okay this is for sure done they were gone and you're exactly right i would be I would be even more irritated if, it, if we were talking every single game and it's like, the Kings do this every single game. They put the pressure on only at the end when they're already down, blah, blah, blah. That's not the case. Great. It's this game, though. You played like shit yeah. for more quarters than not. And you decided in the last couple of minutes... To come out with that pressure going into the fourth. I know I'm, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I was curious what that score was. If that was the run, did they go on a run right before the fourth or was it? Well, they
2: kept going on these little mini runs and the Pacers literally answered. It seemed like every single time, but going into the fourth quarter, it was, let me zoom in on my Thank notes you. that are way too small. It was 98-89. Okay. But what was crazy, the Kings cut it to two at 79-77 at the 632 mark. Just a couple of minutes later, it was a 10-point game That's it.
3: And that's it. So even that run that they went on going into the fourth, I go, okay, you have a lot of work to do in this fourth quarter. What are you going to do? The pressure that they put on those last couple of minutes why couldn't we have seen that type of engagement from the start of the fourth? It's easier yeah. said than done. I'm not going to sit here and act like, you just got to have that energy throughout the game. It's easy. No, it's hard. I have no you
2: idea have what you just, <laughs> what'd you say? I'm just curious what you said.
3: Just rewind the tape and you'll see. Okay. I want cause I don't even remember <laughs> That's what I said. It's kind of
2: funny. You're talking about the same type of energy. You're like, oh, blah, 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 blah. It was just a funny thing. I wasn't meaning to spend much time on it. Uh, you could have just I, repeated it. Well, you know like,
3: what's funny? I honestly forgot what I said. Oh, is it the concussion coming back? <laughs> Shut up. Concussion-like um, symptoms from and That's Morgan. why I was like, rewind the tape, because oh, I Um, No, but but seriously, like, I just think about the way that they came out in the 4th in how they didn't play with that same energy that they had in those last couple minutes of the fourth. That was how they, they needed to play like they were down 10 yeah. or whatever they were. And that's what they were. At and the,
2: the start of. The and fourth. then it felt like in the second half, when they did start to get more stops and they did get more stops in the second half, for sure. It just turnover started killing them. I mean, they, they had a ton that felt like they were impactful. They end up the game with God. It just felt like so much more. <laughs> Like, I'm like, is this right? Is this box score even right? Uh, 11 turnovers. But it just felt like they they felt like so bad when they happened. They were just so not timely. Not that any turnover is good. I don't know what I'm trying to say. My point is, it felt like they had like 20 turnovers. And they were
3: the worst turnovers. That's what you're trying to say. They were the worst. Let's
2: also just talk about this. And I know it's something we've mentioned many times, but come on. The free throw shooting. Oh, They're last in the NBA in free throw shooting. And most of it this year has been Fox and Sabonis. Those guys get to the line more than anybody on the team. And Fox's free throw shoot shooting is down. I think coming in tonight it was around 72-ish percent. Well, last year it was 78%, which was, I believe, a career high for him. Sabonis was like 73%, 74% last year. Well, he's in the 60s now. Tonight, Sacramento shot 32 free throws. 32 they made 18 Ah, uh, uh. five of eight for Sabonis five of nine for De'Aaron Fox. The one that's shocking is the guy who missed some key ones in Milwaukee. Who's one of their best free throw shooters. Malik Monk, one of six at the that free is, throw line tonight. That's weird. one of
3: six. That is weird.
2: So Sacramento missed 14 free throws tonight. You look at the game. You lost. By five points uh, you missed 14 free th- i'm not we're not even talking about perfection
3: and it's when they're missing their free throw. like you talk about <laughs> the turnovers yeah. being bad and not timely like i even feel that way with the missed free throws it always and especially lately with someone as clutch when it comes to their free throws as malik monk yeah and he's starting to miss some big ones i'm not worried about it but i'm also like but that's, it's been consistently like that the last couple of games. Like, is something going on here?
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm less worried about someone like Malik Monk, right? You have a couple of games where you miss free throws. But it's, you're talking it's, it's and, Fox and mm-hmm. it's like, there, I don't think there's anything more infuriating for fans than seeing missed free throws, right? Because it's seems pretty simple. You're at a free throw line. No one's defending you. You will hit step-back threes in someone's face, but you step to the line and you miss them. There has to be something you have to tweak mentally if that is happening. Even if you're not going to be a 90% guy, an 80% guy, you cannot be 56% from the free throw line in this game. And... That, that's that's backbreaking because it's deflating. It deflates the crowd. You heard it tonight. You heard some booze tonight on the missed free throws. I know. The crowd's feeling it right now at and, golden one and, center.
3: And I, I get it. I get it. It's, it's like you said, there's nothing worse than a miss free throw to, uh, an NBA fan. And I feel like this is probably one of the most encouraging fan bases that you will find around the NBA. You know, everyone always talks about the East coast, fan bases philly boston like wherever and it's just like shitty people that are just cheering bad things and here it's like hey you do the little things and you're you're even losing people will get up and get wild but when you start screwing up the little things in a closer game
2: It it costs you the game
3: It did. Ultimately, it did because it's not just missing the free throws, Deuce, and those points not going to the board. You think about how deflating Mm -hmm. that is for a team. And when you're trying to get a stop and go, stop and go, and you're getting the stop, but you're not converting (sighs) a two. You're not even converting any points at some of these free throws.
2: And you're letting them off the hook.
3: Yep. Yep. Yeah, that was in. In you know, we we talked about it a little bit in the post game. It was like post game was just jam packed with a whole bunch of shit. So we finally got to free throws at the end. And Mike, when you asked him about like what's what do you think's going on with Mike your, Bibby, Mike Bibby. Yeah. you know Mike, you know Mike, Mr. Bibby, um, you asked him about approach for players. Like, what do you think's going on? He's like, when I coached my high school guys, it was all about not allowing them to even talk when we're shooting free throws because I want them purely focused on what's at hand because free throws have so much to do with focus. And I agree with that. It's like golf. It's, it's you know, you want to make sure your body's straight, all these things. Sometimes it becomes the most difficult shot. Yeah. That's why you see some guys in their free throw routine, it's really fast because they just, like, it keeps them yeah, in Fox. rhythm.
2: He's too fast. Well, start taking obviously- the time like Giannis, man. I don't care how long it just, you have to, you have to tweak something. You got to do what
3: works for you, but yes.
2: And, and I understand, you know, people go, well, they got to practice this stuff. Look, they're practicing. they are practicing it. And I think they're making them at times. They're, I, we've seen them miss too. We've mm-hmm. been at practices where, God, you know, when they're Mike Brown's having guys miss, you know, make two in a row or they run. We saw during training camp. There was a lot of running, and and this was a problem last year too. Like it just wasn't as bad. It wasn't as glaring as it is this year. Yeah, because the Kings were scoring a ton of points. They're winning games. They're playing fast. But man, you just feel it on nights like this, when especially when it's guys like Fox and Sabonis missing them.
3: Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you on that, and I think that is something like going forward that you have to see two of your best guys and two of the guys that get to the free throw line the most on this team, they have to start knocking those down. It's like you said, Malik, he'll figure it the fuck, the heck out. And with the other guys, it's get something going. Change your routine. Dude, I, I, I'm telling you, like, there's so many resources in this league where you could go to a free throw specialist and you could figure out one thing that might just work for you.
2: The Kings, Morgan, are now... Six and eight in their last 14 games. Gross. Six and eight. And you want to think about some of those losses during that stretch? No. Well, I'm going to make you think about it. Oh, my goodness. So lost four in a row. Don't
3: do this.
2: (sighs) Wow. So you, you had the Boston game. That was awful. You bounced back. You beat the Suns. You lost to Minnesota. Wasn't really close, right? You lost on the road to Portland. Bad game. You beat Atlanta. You beat Memphis. You lose at home to Charlotte. You scrap out a win against a short-handed Orlando team in two overtimes. You beat the Raptors. Lose by 33 to the Pelicans. And, of course, you beat the Pistons after a really slow start where you give up a season high in the first quarter, but you rally back and you, you close things out. You beat the Hornets, and now you've lost the four straight. This is rough right now. It's rough. And like tonight, I know we talked a little bit about, well, we talked a lot about TJ McConnell. I, I also thought, like I, I was a big fan of uh, Benedict Matherin before the draft because he just plays with... The He's the dog.
3: dog in him.
2: This Pacers team has a lot of dogs. And I, I don't know if you guys noticed this. If you listen to the podcast last year, how many times were you like, who's your dog in the game? We haven't done that this year. Because the Kings don't seem to have... That dog in him this year. I'm not seeing it from guys on this team this year. Where I'm watching tonight, I'm going, Benedict Matherin? Playing like a dog. TJ McConnell's diving on the floor for loose balls, attacking relentlessly, hounding guys. Playing like a dog. Ben Shepard, fouling hard. He's a rookie, playing his ass up, getting an opportunity. Playing like a dog. Jairus Walker, who's barely played this year. Right, there was some talk, oh, could he be involved in the trade? Maybe they should move him if they're not playing him. He's been playing a lot in the G League for Fort Wayne. He comes in tonight, plays his ass off, doesn't play intimidate, hit big shots at key moments when the Kings are making a run. Jarris Walker with 15 points. You know Benedict I mean. Matherin, 25 points, 11 of 21 shooting, made some big plays defensively, two big blocks. Then you had Jalen Smith. 17 points, 13 rebounds, 6 of 7 shooting in this game.
3: You know, Deuce and I have talked a lot about this this season with our night chats. We felt like there were a few losses there early on where we were talking about the other team and giving them the love that they just I mean, they absolutely deserved it. When I look at this Pacers team tonight, it's It's, I go, sure, they did, I mean, TJ McConnell carried them, their energy and everything, guys were knocking down some shots, like it was good, but like, this is one of those games where I go, the Kings lost it, you know, the Kings playing the way that they played throughout the, even, take away the free throws, the way that the Kings did not execute defensively, they lost it.
2: And this is what I think infuriates me about them this year, that approach that they had after the Milwaukee loss in Phoenix, they came out engaged, mm. flying everywhere, making shots, sure. But I'm just talking about how they they played. They, Hey, the Phoenix Suns would go on a little bit of a run. The Kings would smack them back down. It's back down to 20. And then they collapsed. Tonight, and, and this is what's missing on this team. It's coming out the right way. I don't care who's in front of me. I don't care if it's T.J. McConnell, Devin Booker. Name a great player. I, I It doesn't matter. I don't care about the opponent tonight. And that's got to be the mindset going forward for this. I don't care. We play the Hawks. Cool. I'm going to know the scout. I'm going to understand who I'm going up against. But my mentality is not going to change. Great example. I Of course, we always use examples involving ourselves. Oh, we? We do broadcast work for the Stockton Kings. I do play-by-play She's a color analyst. I am. I'm more than aware that very few people are watching our NBA G League games. Very I'm very aware. There's not. I mean, I can't. I don't even know what the number would be, but it's it's very small. It's not like a million people are watching NBA G League basketball. There's not a hundred thousand. There's not ten thousand. It's not a lot of people. My approach doesn't change. I am calling a Stockton Kings game against whoever the opponent is, whether they're 1-20 or 20-1 with one person watching, Mm. two people in the stands. Mm -hmm. I am calling that game just like I would call a Sacramento Kings game if I got that chance. It's not going to change. Your prep. For the game does not no. change
3: if it's on a Monday night, no. where you don't even know if the game's going to be on anything platform, or if it's on a Friday night where it's going to be on KMax it and it's going doesn't to be on matter. Nope,
2: I am coming Same approach. out because you know what I want to do? I want to win, and even if I don't have the best of night, I was going to. I'm going to come out prepared, and I'm going to bust my ass out there. The Kings come out too often. I'm not saying everybody, but you see it enough. Lackadaisical. I don't know what's going on with De'Aaron Fox right now. Yep, De'Aaron Fox, his the guy who was guarding tonight was T.J. McConnell. Now there are switches, whatever they didn't. Their game plan was not good against him. He doesn't look right to me. He was grabbing his shoulder at one point. We seen him grabbing his hip. I think he might be banged up. My thing I've always said about these situations: I admire that athletes want to play through things. I admire that they want to keep pushing along. But if you're nicked up, this is a long season. Take a game, take a game or two. I'm glad the Kings have some time off, but if you're not right, get right. Easier said than done. We need you to come out and play with a focus. It doesn't matter who you're going up against.
3: I get it. And it's easier said than done because you want to talk about even playing like nicked up going back to talking about ourselves really quick. Yesterday, it was the day after I got a concussion, right? I couldn't even do the game on NBC Sports California the night before against the Suns. Um, but last night I did the G league game and I was calling the game, but here's the thing. I remember coming out in the first quarter and I turned to you at first time out and I go, is my energy there? Is my energy there? And you're like, you're fine. Like (laughs) just some asshole thing. You're fine. And really it was my way of being like, my approach to it was like, if I'm not good then why am I here? So I made sure to make an adjustment to just try and bring my yeah. energy to a different I, level. And my point is, it's like you have teammates around you to make these adjustments. And if you are not good enough to go in because you are nicked up, there are guys that can bring a different level of energy that are full-on healthy, yep. you know?
2: Exactly. And because I, I just watching him, I'm like, he's just not moving the same right now. And I get it. He's still getting his numbers and he's still knocking down the shots. But- I think we all can see, it. and we he did this last year. Like, he, he did this last year where he got nicked up and he tried to fight through it, and he got through it. And so, hey, maybe he'll get through this, and it's fine.
3: And by the way, people would also be giving him shit. Like, why can't he get through this energy, injury? And it's like, you got to do what's best for you, your body, your mindset, because I know for competitors, they want to keep fighting through it, but you got to make sure you're doing what's right for you and your team, too.
2: It's... Approach to me, you you got to come out with the right mindset. Tonight needed to be, it didn't matter if it was the Suns again, the Celtics, the Pacers, or the Pistons. I don't even care about the schedule. It needed. We're at home, and we just got embarrassed the last game where we lost a big lead late. We got to come out with an edge and be ready to go. I'm not, and again, I'm not trying to discredit the Indiana Pacers. But the Indiana Pacers approach was we're playing fast, we're playing physical, we're in attack mode. I didn't sense that from the Kings enough tonight. It felt like they were on their heels, they'd make a run, get back in the game, and then there'd be a mistake, missed free throw, turnover, and then boom, they would get blitzed by Jairus Walker knocking down a three, Benedict Matherin making a hell of a block or something. Also, we will talk about some of the good of it tonight. There's definitely some good... Bright spots. Career
3: highs, triple doubles. Kevin
2: Herter, Keegan Murray, I <laughs> yes. thought had some great moments tonight. But Absolutely. I, I, this is I I'm the... just it, it's disappointing. It's disappointing. And this and this Pacers team is is playing some good basketball. They have a better record than the Kings now. Um, but this this is not one you just go, Hey, you know what happens in the NBA. No, we we have filled the bucket of Yeah, these these games happen in the NBA uh-huh. season. huh. Now maybe it's also on us to start adjusting expectations and we go you know what as this team is currently constructed this is more of a 500 team because this is how they're playing right now and we're not seeing the consistency this year we've mm-hmm. really haven't seen like a huge stretch of games where like this is kings basketball the the best parts i think recently have been the previous two games in milwaukee and then in phoenix but they lost both of those games. Yeah,
3: but no, it, it, the the end result was bad, but yeah. the the basketball that was being played for most of those, both of most of those games was like dead on how you want to see this Kings team play and competitive basketball. I remember after that Bucks game too, I was with Matt Barnes and I was like, hey, I know it was a loss, but I'll take a competitive loss. Yep. Wow, we haven't seen one of those in a while. And then the Suns game happens and it's like, oh, wait and more mistakes being happening at the end of a game.
2: Let's get to some Super Chats. Appreciate you guys for being here. Also, the chat is popping tonight. Thank you so much. Hit the thumbs up and subscribe. Super Dope Hip Hop says, TJ McConnell, low-key this year, per 36, 17, 12, and two steals. Yeah, he's a solid role player for sure. Leandro donates 10 bucks. What? Thank you. Saying halfway through the season, uh, when are we putting... What are we putting on the King's vision board to finish the season strong? Time to manifest. Ooh. P.S. Welcome back, Red Velvet. Great post game Deuce and Mo. Thank you. Thank you so much. I don't know. Does Morgan feel like she needs to manifest? Maybe this weekend with the time off, you just go, you know what? I'm going to put together a little vision board because the last time you did, it meant good things.
3: I might do a vision board, but I might do it very Real Housewives and Bravo heavy. Okay. And we will really make sure to tie in the boat uh both nba and housewives worlds okay
2: fair enough thank you um oleg donates two bucks saying positive kevin Herter had a great offensive game that was a big positive we'll talk more about kevin Herter. hustleman donates five bucks sad loss not as sad as the last two but i still have faith and got the dab 50 cent which was kind of (laughs) nice that's kind of cool that is cool geeky nana donates five bucks said at least no one got concussed today that's a huge huge win there um, also, thank you to Angelo for becoming a member. Sixteen months for him. Thank Buddy you. had eight assists. What
4: is happening? That's what I saw. And Jay
2: in the chat says Monk has too much love for Sack. He's more disappointed than anyone else tonight. We can't break his confidence like we did the Kev. Just Aww. my thoughts. Uh, donating as well. I, lo- uh, I don't think I... the fans broke anybody's confidence. No, but
3: so. I. You know what? I just. I just. I appreciate <laughs> those those comments like that because I think you're. I mean, all you're doing is humanizing these players and being like hey, like, let's make sure to not... Because, look, you are going to see hate in there. You're going to see the trade everybody, um, everyone needs to be fired kind of bullshit out there. And I think it's it's just smart if you're here to be rational with your thoughts and to also understand, like, sometimes these people are humans. Just like Malik Monk, I go, he's going to make his free throws again late in games. Oh, like, yeah, he's I'm not, not going to miss all those.
2: My, I. Malik Monk is not on my list of people I'm mad at tonight. I'm no, sorry, It's not on your list. No, I mean he's made free throws all year, right? Fox and Sabonis haven't. I mean, we had Fox on the podcast, and I asked, didn't I ask her? Say, I said, "What's the most annoying part about his yeah, game?" And yeah. she said, "The free throws."
3: She no, she said free throws. Exactly. She was not happy with it, and it's like, I get it, I get it, man. It's not easy.
2: Uh we need to hear some Mike Brown in a little bit. Can we mention before we move on that we're presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. They sponsor the beam. The beam behind us isn't it hasn't been lit a minute.
3: No. So we haven't been able to really talk about them with the beam, but we can talk about what they've done to this podcast room. And they've added noise cancelling windows to just this room. And then to the entire house, you just are saving so much money on this energy bill because um, when it's freezing outside, it just traps in the heat or like we've mentioned before, Carlin seems to be pooping a lot more because he can't hold it in because he's paralyzed. And so it really traps in the bad smell, but that's when you know the windows are working. Then
2: you, open up the windows yes and it lets it out and in the summertime you can stay cool so Mm. yeah you save money it looks good and plus northwest exteriors they don't like have subcontractors in southern california they are local people who have been there the average is like 16 years it's a great company you should use them if you're looking for new windows or siding go to their website northwestexteriors.com morgan because they're simply the best trust Northwest. northwest
3: I heard you do that the other night when I wasn't yeah. on the podcast. And it's just, it's really funny listening from that angle. You're really good.
0: Oh, thank you. I oh, thank you so much. I know. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
1: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call.
2: Uh, we'll get some, some more comments coming up, too. And we'll also sprinkle in possibly some Discord calls. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, can we hear Mike Brown? Because I didn't hear Mike Brown postgame. I wanted to know what Mike Brown had to say after this Kings loss to the Pacers.
4: Play well at all. Uh, I do applaud our guys fight um, the last, I don't know, f- four minutes or whatever it was, three minutes in the game. Uh, they could have easily folded and packed it in, uh, but they scrambled, they fought, and they gave ourselves a chance to uh, possibly send the game into overtime by making a 15 or 17-point game uh, into a one-possession game. Uh, so I applaud our guys for that. Other than that, there wasn't much, wasn't much good uh, in the first half. Obviously, uh, we couldn't do anything with TJ. TJ blew by us. Um, play after play after play for layup uh, in the first half, which, and or assist, but mainly he scored in the first half. He ended the game with 20, 20 and 10, so you, you, you on nine for 14 from the field. So you give a guy like that a lot of credit for coming in here and uh, giving them belief to start the game because that's what he did. Uh, also, the, the young fellow Jalen Smith, um he just rim-ran whenever we had a mismatch, and he sat down in the paint. And uh, we did not do a good job of fighting him at all. They threw it directly to him, and he either scored it or he got fouled. But he was six for seven from the floor. Five of those were rim runs just sitting down and bullying whoever was guarding them. And then he was four for four from the free throw line with 13 rebounds. He, he had a very, very... Good productive night for those guys, and the the last person is Walker. Uh, Walker came off the bench and he played a great game. I mean they they outscored our bench uh, 25, thirty-four to thirty four to sixteen, and um, you know it was great production that they got from uh, top to bottom with with, for, with whoever Rick threw out on the floor. Uh, so, tough night for our bench, especially versus their bench. Um, defensively, like I said in the first half, just watching TJ blow by us mm. possession after possession after possession was tough. Uh, our low man, you know, in terms of X's and O's defensively, I thought we took some, a couple of steps backwards because um, when somebody does dribble drive to the rim, we usually do a pretty good job or we have been doing a pretty good job of coming across and trapping a box and taking care of it. But there were too many occasions where that guy on the bottom weak side, uh, didn't even move. So it was tough watching. Just
2: a note: we ate reference at the beginning, like the help Kevin Herter did it. Sasha did it. Keegan did it. Just not even paying attention. You 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 you're the last line of defense. You got to come over and help in that situation.
4: That and it was from multiple guys. It wasn't just one guy or two guys. We had multiple guys. And then yeah, uh, in the second half too, um you know, TJ he didn't Penetrate like he did in the first half, but he just back cut us time after time after time because we were ball watching. And then we had to re- react to him when he back cut us. And uh, now we're in scramble mode again, and they got good looks. So uh, our defense was was non-existent until we started scrambling and fighting at the end and you know they score 126 points on 55 percent from the field uh that's that's not good and and then the final thing that i would say is obvious it's i mean it's obvious it's our free throw shooting i mean we this two games and I, I, i the only reason why i say two is i can't remember um what we shot in milwaukee but uh from the free throw line but it's two games in a row we shoot 50% from the field, excuse me, from the free throw line, and uh, I'm not sure what it is. We shot today. We shot more free throws in shoot around than we ever have huh. in, in a shoot around since I've been here, yeah. and yesterday uh, we shot more free throws in a practice um, than I than I than we ever have since I've been here. We've upped the number and um, uh, and we put even to a point to where uh, if they don't get X amount in a row, uh, there's a time limit. They just got to sit there and shoot two at a time and rotate. So hopefully sooner than later, we'll you know each man will figure that out uh, amongst himself while we continue as a team uh, to shoot a lot of free throws. But each man will look in the mirror and kind of lock in and try to figure out what he can do to be better at the free throw line because... Having two games at, 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 at in the 50s and the two games are basically, you know, one-possession games, um, even though there were times you didn't play well in both those games, which is going to happen, uh, it, it's, it's tough to swallow. Wow. You, you just yep. talked
2: about how you, know, how, you know, seeing your team with adversity, see how they kind of respond. Yeah even as early as today, and maybe that was it there, but I'm just curious if some of the traits that you've seen throughout your time here with Sacramento, is this stretch of adversity, is there anything that you can point to that might
1: be, I don't know, surprising or just something that maybe is different from maybe previous adversities?
4: Uh, Well, you know, I I tell you, we've had good stretches defensively, which makes me feel like we're about to break out. You know, because you're not going to always shoot the ball well, and it, it makes me feel like we're going. We, we got it. I mean, the, our execution defensively again was at a really high level versus Phoenix. I, I was disappointed in a lot of things with that game down the stretch, but man, I, I walked away from that saying, "What? Well, okay, if we can get this type of effort and focus and commitment on that end of the floor." we're going to give ourselves a chance because we have been playing well offensively. And I always felt that whether our offense was here or it wasn't good, I always feel like that's going to come back. Um, so, the, the, you know, the, the defensive end of the floor, um, the inconsistencies, uh, that has been, for me, pretty pretty uh, alarming. Um and the free throws, the, the, the free throws, not just tonight, not just in last game, but the reality of it is all season. We're 30th in the NBA from the free throw line, and I feel like we have good shooters. <laughs> you know, I, I really do, and uh, I'm just, uh, it, it, you know, I, it, it baffles me a little bit that we, sh- we shoot the way we shoot f- from the field and from the three, uh, but then we shoot the way we shoot from the free throw line, it, you know. So I, I think uh, uh, probably those two things. Probably with the free throw, our free throw percentage being the most alarming, and then uh, uh, second is the inconsistencies that we're getting on the defense end of the floor. You know, because fifty—I mean, like I said, fifty-five percent on a and one hundred twenty-six points—that's that's that's not good. Mike, when you look at Kevin tonight, career high, 31 points. Maybe that's the only bright spot you can see on this uh, for the
1: game
2: tonight. Just how nice is it to kind of see him get. I will right, we'll skip that. Again, <sighs> I mean, I don't. I, I, I could skip ahead. I mean, it's great that Kevin did well. We'll talk about that. But I just wanted more on what was what happening. A dick, am I right? Is that? No, I think it's fine. I mean, we're we're three questions in and we're going, hey, the like, let's talk more about what happened. It's kind of my point. Yeah. That would that's Juice Macy's. I mean, hi, we're an hour critique. in our podcast
3: and we still haven't gotten to the triple double and Kevin Herter's career high. Yeah. I'm but I'm with you.
2: Okay, I I see some passion here. Let's hear this one. What does each individual player, going back to the time of the championship teams and high quality teams that you've been on, what does each individual player have to do themselves to work through this adversity and these stretches of the season that are gonna happen?
4: Well, first thing is You know, a loss like this, it it should sting, you know, and you should let it bother you. But having said that, uh, because of the amount of games that uh, you have to play through the course of the season, you got to figure out, okay, I let it sting for a few hours or whatever it is, now I got to figure out, how i can get better what did i do wrong tonight what have what have i been doing wrong overall not only that what have we as a team been doing that's not good enough to help us win games right now um or what can we do better as a team to help us win games right now and so your outlook has to go from okay i'm taking the hit i'm feeling it now it's time to fight and it's time to fight while getting better. It's time to fight in practice in terms of locking in because we're not going to have any contact at this point in the year except for our low-minute guys. And then it's definitely time to fight come game time. I, gotta, I, gotta, I know that we can be a better defensive team like, than what we are. So it has, to, it has to start there because at the end of the day, excuse me, like I said, we're going to figure out a way to score. We just got to figure out a way to slow some of these teams down.
2: All right, that's a portion of Mike Brown. If you want to watch the full thing, you can look it up on YouTube. Uh, there's like another 10 minutes, and I know people don't just listen to our podcast to hear postgame pressers, but wanted to hear a portion of it, especially after tonight. And, you know, Mike Brown obviously echoed a lot of the stuff that we had said early in the podcast, but a couple of keywords that I wrote down immediately was um, the fight that the Pacers had and how Jalen Smith bullied them I hear fight. I hear bully. I don't really hear that when we describe the Sacramento Kings, and that's disappointing to me. I, I just don't see that in them, you know, when you go up and down. I mean, there's, got, there's moments. You know, I think Sabonis plays hard. We talked about how hard he plays. I thought Keegan showed a little fight tonight. thought he did some nice things defensively, had some nice plays inside, got to the line, which is not something we always see from Keegan Murray. It's very rare, so that was good to see. But I'm looking like... I think
3: Malik Monk is probably one of the okay. other ones that will bring that energy, yeah, yeah. even if it doesn't always translate. But, like, it's, it's But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and, and,
2: and the Pacers have a lot of young athletes, too. I, and that popped to me, too, where I'm like, God, man, I, I'm looking at there. I'm like, Walker's pretty athletic. Doppin's pretty athletic. Uh, they've got a lot of young guys out there. They're bouncy, moving well. They're yep. very bouncy. And they, they were trying to prove something tonight, especially with guys who don't get to play all the time. But... Someone like Harrison Barnes, I'm like, man, like it's 22 minutes. Yeah. He only played 22 minutes tonight, two points, one rebound, one assist, one of two shooting and didn't play a lot down the stretch.
3: I mean, and you also, but you do also see someone that like, I, I think that you personally could depend on more for like, Fight and energy and maybe some consistency would be Trey Lyles, and he played 19 minutes and didn't really, you know. No, Trey
2: Trey wasn't great tonight, but Trey has been good this year. He has right. Where
3: Harrison has had his his games that he's on, and and then he's like off
2: and yeah, off off, off. way too often. And he's a starter who makes 18 million a year. You just need more from him, right? You need what what's what's he providing? You know, and so that's where it hurts you. It's like you have a starter who doesn't give you much. And if he's not able to get it going, guys struggle. I get that. But give me something. Is there emotion out there? Is there holding guys accountable? Is there talking? What are you doing to impact the game? Um, you know, I, I still maintain. I, th- I wish Fox would do it a little more. Just a little more talking out there. And
3: Yeah, you want to make sure you're playing your game, though, too. Like and I I say this because I think Fox is capable of talking and I think when there was that time when a lot of people were talking about Deer and Fox going into the paint and going into shots and never complaining, when he would get fouled. And he would get fouled way too much. And it was always those fouls were, saved for the stars. Or even, like, the up-and-coming stars. But never for De'Aaron, it seemed like. Finally, when he started talking shit back, it started working a little. And then, when he started going into the paint, not expecting, not trying to draw the contact, but he was looking to make the shot first, was when his entire game changed. And I just think, when you look at this situation, I go, how can you find a way to talk more or do something with that without changing your entire game, right? Because I think you don't want it to take you away from your identity as a player, but it is something maybe you can reflect on and add and or contribute to as
2: a teammate. Morgan, when I got back before the podcast, after the Suns game, I felt it. I know. Like I was out there playing.
3: I know, and what Mike Brown
2: says, he wants something like this to sit with him a little bit. It's like, yes,
3: like it will sit. They got till Monday. Like they keep, (laughs) they keep getting these opportunities where it's like, all right, well at least they have another game tonight. At least they have a back-to-back game, so you get to respond pretty quick. And with this, it's like it gets to hurt a little bit more. And I, I also look at this whole situation and what Mike Brown had to say about the free throws. And them shooting the most free throws yeah, that they've ever shot. That was crazy. That shit happens. That shit ha- Like, I, I think it's so funny too. Sometimes we see guys shooting before games and it's like, wow, they didn't miss. And then they get into the game and they're like missing everything. It happens. Like that, that shit just happens. Um, but there is no X like, for sure explanation on why they're missing free throws. It's not that they're not practicing. It's not that you can sit and point and be like, they're not engaged. I think we can speculate and be like, do they need to change their free throw routine as an individual? Right? Like we look at De'Aaron, his, his routines really quick. Um, is there something more you need to see from Domas? Um, but besides that, it's, it's on them to really just, try and figure that out because I, even I do, as a coach, you can't figure that out. I
2: do want to go back to the whole fighting thing because that that's the other thing is what happened late in the fourth quarter when they're down by 16. Why does that happen then? Was it because there was some excitement where it's like, we forced a turnover score, we forced another, you know, like, yeah, is that why? Like they saw little success. So it's like, ah, oh, and the time is it's, it's ticking. Let's go. Like, why isn't that urgency there earlier in the game?
3: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I mean, I could. It's again, the
2: mentality's got to shift. Like, yes, the approach has to shift. You got to. It's like we said earlier. I don't care who you're playing; it doesn't matter. Monday, the Hawks are in town. I don't care. Come Mm -hmm. out and go. We're winning that Mm -hmm. game because Mm -hmm. we are at home, and if we play the way we're capable of, it shouldn't be a problem. But tonight, at this point, you go. They can lose to anybody on any given night. At this point, they look like a very average team. They're not very good defensively. They're inconsistent offensively with nights where they can pop off when they're knocking down shots. But besides that, you go, uh, and that's an average team. That's a 500 team. And that's what they're playing like. And 500 this year in the Western Conference, you're Ain't not going to cut it. You're a playing team. You want to be a playing team? You may not be getting a playoff series for the second consecutive year. You may be chilling at home. There's still 41 games to go. But this team has to figure it out with the pieces they have here now. And this front office has to keep looking to push, 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 make some moves. Let's get to a couple of bright spots because we have spent a lot of time talking about everything that went wrong in this game tonight. I'd say one bright spot, Kevin Herter. I was worried about Herter for a minute. We had talked about the fact that he has been struggling for, I mean, he hasn't struggled like this since his rookie year in the NBA. But I kept watching him, and I know you felt the same way. It's like, this guy's 25 years old.
3: Track record. He's got a track
2: record. He doesn't have an injury. Like, he's he needs to get his confidence back. He's starting to knock down shots. He had a career-high 31 points tonight, Morgan. 7 of 12 shooting. This is coming off the heels of a couple of good games. What What's your perspective on Kevin Herter?
3: Um, just that... I think or I hope I'm assuming conversations and communication has been happening behind the scenes and maybe that has led to some honesty about like what needs to be seen if you want to be you know seen minutes on the floor whatever I don't know I'm just assuming that some of that shit has gone down because he has seen more minutes on the floor. And for the most part, it's been deserving or it's working. And he's helping out this team. He's making an impact in those minutes. And it's not just on the offensive end. You're seeing it on the defensive end too. Now he's going to have his moments defensively, but I feel like there's a little bit more freedom to, to mess up, God, to mess up. And that has allowed him to take a little bit more pressure off his chest
2: he had 31 points tonight Morgan he also had four assists he had a block it's coming off the heels of the 26.10 rebound game he had against the Bucs he only had 10 against uh, the Suns but I felt like he was still impactful in that game he had a couple of steals three rebounds two assists against Phoenix I thought he should have played more down the stretch to be honest in that Suns game but it's good because he is so essential to what the Kings do like, the, the Kings were awesome last year offensively because Kevin Herter and the gravity out there and his ability to do things with dribble handoffs, playmake, he was lost for like a month and a half. And so it looks like he's kind of turning the corner here, which means some, I think, good things for the Kings.
3: Yeah, and sometimes your identity as a player, when things are bad or when it rains, it pours. And I feel like that might end up being hit a lot of his career unless it's something he can mature over time. And that's the
2: thing you hope, like you got right.
3: You I mean? You, you, you say you got to, because you want to find consistency in a home, right? And that alone will help you become a better player. But that is one of those things within that. He just has to check himself, but it's great to see that he had that career high hit seven threes tonight. His shot was looking good. He Mm. was taking that shot with confidence coming off a little DHO action. Um, Again, being active with his hands on the defensive end. Would have loved to see even more, you know, just some of those miscommunication moments, but that happened with everyone.
2: I thought he had a really good night for Sacramento. I thought Keegan showed some great things. I didn't even realize his final numbers either. Keegan had 27 points, nine rebounds, two steals, 11 of 18 shooting. He only made one three.
3: Wow. One of
2: five. He got a lot of dunks tonight. He was also four or five at the free throw line. He had some nice... He had that one early baseline attack Hmm. where he attacked Jalen Smith, went hard to the rim, got fouled. He had some easy jams.
3: I love the way that he was putting the ball on the floor, going between the legs, kind of surveying the floor, coming back, getting his defender up and going. He had some in the mid-range, and then uh, toward the end, he was just doing a really good job of being in the right place at the right time, whether that was like with a nice little flex cut underneath and or just in transition, just... Quietly running down.
2: Why did do he get called for a push-off? Remember, he had that yeah. little, that cross. I'm like, he barely extended I his arm. Not. It wasn't even extended all the way.
3: That, again. He
2: created a little space. Guys do that all the time all. in the league, but he gets called for S- it.
3: I mean, Steph does it. Yes. Like, all the time. And uh, it's...
2: Yeah, but I, I just... Keegan continues to show me something. And I, I get... Every time I watch him, we get more and more excited. It's like, yeah, you got to do it consistently, but he's doing it more and more consistently now. And then what he does defensively, dude, this guy's going to be really good.
3: Yeah. And that's, I I mean, there's your bright light right there. Like being excited about (laughs) what Keegan can do. And not only what Keegan can do, we're talking about good players on this team. Seeing a stretch of basketball that when I say it isn't the best stretch of basketball, I'm not talking about within games. We haven't seen good basketball, but just executing These games and executing is pulling out the win in any way, shape or form. Even tonight, if they had won this game in those last final minutes, I would have been like, just like Mike Brown said, what a fight, what a fight back besides that shit game. Yep. I mean, everything else pretty much bad, but like in those minutes, if they had found a way to pull out a W within some of that resiliency there in the fourth quarter, we're It's a different tone that we're we're here with, but it doesn't take away the shit that we saw.
2: What if they just beat Milwaukee and Phoenix?
3: I mean, what if, Deuce?
2: What if, man?
3: Well, then we wouldn't be as mad Life would be feeling so different right now. Yeah, it would.
2: Uh, Corey in the chat, on Keegan, would you guys trade him for Mikel Bridges? That's my dark horse trade of what happens at the deadline. Not that I want it, but that's what I'm feeling will happen. No. no, why it's
3: not going to happen. And I, why would why would Brooklyn trade Mikkel Bridges? I mean,
2: I look, there there's some rumors that the Nets may be sellers. They've really fallen apart here, especially ever actually ever since coming to Sacramento, they haven't been playing good basketball. I like Mikkel Bridges love. a lot. Um I've talked to people who say the Nets just love this guy and they want to like build around him. He may not be a number one. I don't think he's a number one. I think he's better positioned as being, like, your third best player? And would he fit perfectly with the Kings? Yes, but no, I'm not giving up Keegan. Look at what Mikel Bridges did in year two in the NBA and compare it to what Keegan Murray's doing now. Keegan's already ahead of him offensively. Keegan's showing me some more offensively. He's playing awesome defense. Why can't Keegan Murray be a better player than Mikel Bridges? I'm not... No, I'm not... I am not trading Keegan Murray. Now, of course, you go, oh, you wouldn't trade him for Giannis. Okay, that's not happening. I'm being realistic. I am not shopping Keegan Murray. I think he's going to be a damn good player in this league, and I think he's part of the solution for the Sacramento Kings. And
3: Zach Lowe agrees with that statement. I love everything that Zach Lowe had to write about Keegan Murray just last week, and it was just about, you know, w- basically what you hope keegan is going to be but not just because you hope and you're like oh man this would be great it's because of what he's showing the facts like believe your eyes into the improvement and the jump that he has taken on both ends of the floor his size uh his demeanor all of it
2: also in the chat uh, shout out to julie she says by the way mo i hope deuce passed you the bracelet i gave for you and i hope you liked it yes julie thank thank you you so much i I had an eye took it off
3: I put, I put there. So on we a
2: lot of friendship bracelets this year. from it's fans. so cool. You guys are the best.
3: So cool. There's like seven of them back there and we put them on our wall, but on the um,
2: yeah. vision board, you guys are the best. Um, also, Mike Brown is still searching so far. He has only found Harrison Barnes, HB and the black Falcon, but that's just, I don't understand that message. Um, yes. Mike Brown has been searching a lot this year. I, 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 he was asked before the game too, if, if he's thought about taking Harrison Barnes out of the starting oh, lineup yeah? and he's like, look, I have thought about a lot of different things. I've thought about everything. So he didn't really address that specifically, but yeah, I think that's definitely something that we keep looking at. It's like, is that the next tweak you make? Yeah. Because you know, you've done it with other guys like Kevin Herter. Could you do it with Harrison and just see what it looks like? He can still play him play. I mean, why can't he play 20 minutes off the bench? Let's just yeah. see what it looks like with a different unit. Because I still think, like, maybe you can get him going in that way.
3: Because, yeah, and I think it's always like, oh, are you worried about um, messing with someone's mentality or messing with anything else when it comes to, like, just understanding their personalities? I get that, but... You're also trying to make sure that, you know, your job is safe and you're creating winning basketball. And if you have to go down the line and see what you got to do, then sometimes you got to do that. And trust that your teammates will, um, I don't know, trust the process.
2: Who would be your rock and soul player of the game tonight?
3: Um, A lot of me says Kevin Herter. Okay. I'm going to go with Kevin Herter, but I, would, I could also put Domas Sabonis there with another triple-double.
2: So his what, eighth triple, double or ninth triple double in fourteen something games, something like, like that. that? Yeah. There's like twelfth of the season. Yes. Uh, who does the chat think should be the rock and soul player of the game? It's already been decided, but I'm just curious because Morgan Ooh. dropped a Sabonis, Kevin Herter. So I'm very curious what you go with. It, the I chat. mean, it
3: could be Keegan.
2: Uh, and you mentioned demonis Sabonis. He did have another triple double against his former team. Twenty-one points, eleven rebounds, ten assists in this game. Eight of thirteen shooting, five of eight. Everything's fine except line. those free throws. A lot of people saying Kayvon, Kevin, Kevin, yeah. Kevin. So what did Deuce Mason decide? Who is a rock and soul player of the game? I don't know.
3: Oh my God, you Dick
2: Morgan! How dare you? This TJ McConnell sick man is a rock and soul player of the game. And look, <sighs> we'll give Kevin Herter his love. He he was a prime candidate. But I'm giving it to the guy. Why are you in charge of this? Morgan, the guy had 20 and 10. He carved you up. TJ McConnell, (sighs) let's call it the way it is, was the best point guard on the floor tonight.
3: I mean, he was one of the best players out there tonight. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, people People are disappointed in me. I'm
2: shocked. You know what? Honestly, I thought you guys would have my back on this. If
3: you had done that in the beginning of the podcast, we all would have been like, "Yeah, we agree." But like, we have all like uh, decompressed a little. (laughs) We have processed everything that went down, and you bringing back that heel work. You disgusting, disgusting man.
2: I, well i i apologize i i i, did, I thought it was pretty obvious tajan mcconnell got the best of the Aaron fox he got the best of any switches he got he got the best of the kings he got in the paint he got to the rim he was incredible let me remind you of the fact that this guy is not looking to shoot he's not when i say that shoot from the perimeter he has made mm. one three this year he is one of 16 from three
3: Make sure you go to Rock and Soul Diner. There's one more weekend game this month.
2: You like that picture of TJ? I
3: hate it so much. Saturday, the 27th, last Kings game on a Friday or Saturday for this month where you can get 50% off your bill following the game. You just go to Rock and Soul Diner and you get 50% off your entire bill. But if you go watch other Kings games while you're there, it's 25% off apps, 25% off drinks during Kings games. Make sure you go check out Rock and Soul Diner.
2: Well, I got to ask you another tough question, oh, Chad. Oh, no. Sharif Jeweler's moment of the game.
3: Oh, you sick man. You better make this And we got right. more
2: to talk about. All right, because we're halfway through the season. We've got some questions to answer. And our next podcast is probably not going to be until Monday night. Unless something crazy happens,
3: Deuce is just like wanting. He wants to make sure we do something this weekend.
2: Well, if something big went down, of course.
3: A dick so, much?
2: Pacers win one twenty six, one twenty one in Sacramento. We we have to know no Halliburton, no Halliburton, and no Siakam. Right, he wasn't there yet. Correct. What's the moment of the game? Um.
3: All right. Moment
2: of the game. Presented by our friends at Sharif Jewelers. While well, you think about it, Sharif Jewelers, it's a no-brainer place to go. They are local. And let me tell you, if you want to watch, you need an engagement ring, or you've got jewelry that needs to be repaired, go to Sharif Jewelers. They do the best work in Sacramento. They made the Deepog crown that the Kings mm-hmm. use. Haven't used it a lot lately. <laughs> by collecting some dust, might as well give it to us to put it back here. Or huh? if
3: Sharif Jewelers will shine it up yeah, yeah. because they also repair and they clean jewelry all the time. They have like nail salons next to a lot of these Sharif Jewelers so then you can just go to the salon while you drop off your jewelry to go get washed and cleaned. So um, make sure you check them out. They have some of the best people there but literally too, really quick, I'm always intimidated by jewelry stores. No, no, no. They just make you feel so welcome, so good and it just allows you to Look at things maybe you thought you never were going to look at. Go to your local Sharif Jewelers. So
2: what's your Sharif Jewelers moment of the game? <sighs> Let's see. People yeah. saying. I, I'm sorry. TJ McConnell 20 and 10 has to be there.
3: Oh, my God. You can put that on there as a note. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, someone said Slamson twerking for cheerleaders. Or what about when he was doing the hammer dance for MC Hammer?
2: You want you at, at the end of the year when I pull this game out, you're gonna be like, oh my god, I'll never forget when Slampson was doing the twerking thing. No, it's TJ McConnell. We couldn't even mention Kevin Herter career night. Fair. That's a, Keegan. That's a,
3: wait, Keegan had eight dunks?
2: That he, wouldn't have surprised me wait, if he finally if he had eight dunks total. Is that crazy?
3: Because well, the reason why it'd be crazy, because Willsey's stats put out that the Kings had eight dunks and the Pacers had eight dunks. And the Jazz are a team that average the most dunks per game, per night, with six dunks per game. And so it was surprising with the way that the Pacers were getting into the paint and just finding easy ways to dunk the ball. But Keegan had like five, I felt like, right there in that second half when he was just going in transition.
2: I'm bringing up uh, Keegan Murray's shot chart for tonight. Let me zoom in on that. So Keegan Murray in the paint, 9 of 12. Keegan Murray, 9 of 12 in the paint. 18 of his points came in the paint? Hell yeah. Okay, hold on. There's dunk. 2, 3, four. It might be close. I don't know if it was actually...
3: Someone else had to dunk.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Dude, Maybe a 6. Malik
3: but almost had that killer dunk. That would have been nasty. I
2: know. That would have been nasty. Ugh. All right, moment right there. Fine. Can I tell you one of my most annoying moments of the game that we haven't talked about? Okay. Plenty of moments. This is a Deuce Mason heel turn a little bit here. What? Let me be a heel for a second. You know, Tyrese Halliburton was questionable for tonight. <laughs> okay. Tyrese Halliburton was questionable. I see footage of him at shoot-around, hitting step-back threes. Look, Moving great. Moving great. No problem at all. He misses the game tonight. Okay.
4: Yeah.
2: Okay. All I see him do the entire game... Is dancing up and down the sideline mm. when Kings fans are booing Buddy Healed. He's, he's doing booing. booing. Tyrese Halliburton was first team All-Troll tonight, and it annoyed the absolute shit out of me. Uh. And then I'm on post game with Morgan and Mike Baby, and the corner, oh, yeah. my eye, out the corner of my eye, the corner of my eye, I'm making a point, and I go, I'm sorry. I see Tyrese Halliburton's dad just like popping his Pacers hoodie. This this is why it feels so weird tonight, right? Is like
3: John was bringing the bad energy, so he was annoying, bringing that energy, rubbing it in our faces. Like <laughs> this is I got the win without my son. I was like, okay, I get it, I get it, everyone. But Tyrese, it was it was funny that he was booing the shit out of Buddy Healed with Kings fans because even someone asked me, they're like, are you gonna boo Buddy the whole time? I was like. Can't really do that with my job, but um, good bit. It's kind of funny. Um, And a lot of people were booing him,
2: and Tyrese joined along. That's son of a gun. (laughs) That's son of a gun. (laughs) Okay, Morgan, 41 games in, half, literally halfway through the NBA season. Luckily for the Kings, they are off for the weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They don't play again until Monday. We all need it. We all need it. What do you think about this Team 41 games? Like, what's the first thing that pops to your mind when I say, we are halfway through the season. What do you think about the Sacramento Kings? First thing that pops to your mind is an award.
3: I just, I would go back to inconsistent. Yep. Because, I, like, I feel worse than inconsistent tonight after this loss. Um, But we've seen them play such good basketball. And then some really bad basketball the rotations have been inconsistent the the understanding Mike Brown mentioned it on his postgame uh presser tonight when talking about the defense being inconsistent and it's like some nights we're locked in and guys are rotating over and other nights it's just not there and so I would mostly say inconsistency now I will say this season in the NBA, feels like there's been a lot of inconsistent basketball. I mean, you're seeing nights where the Bucks are losing by 40, and you're seeing nights where the Raptors are winning by 30 or whatever that was. It's like you, you Boston, same thing when it came to playing the Bucs. You're seeing a lot of inconsistency. You're seeing a lot of blowouts. You're seeing a lot of high-level offense in this league. But when I say all this, I'm not justifying shit for the Sacramento Kings. Play your game and played on a consistent level, even if some teams are going to throw some other stuff at you.
2: I think the first word that pops to my mind is disappointment.
3: Oh my god! Yeah, a I mean, heavy.
2: I think they have thrown away games that they should have won. Um They've this lost. A heavy for me. Some really tough games, but there's still 41 games to go, too. You know, there there's still time. You know, it's not. This isn't the NFL. Your season's not over. The, the cruel reality of this league, though, is this year you've got teams who are playing some pretty high-level basketball. Minnesota's continuing to kill it. OKC bounced back after losing a couple. Those are the two top teams in the West. Denver, still a problem. The Clippers, hey, they got criticized by many for the James Harden trade. Looks like it's going pretty well. They're the four seed. Pelicans have owned the Kings their fifth Dallas is at six Sacramento with a loss tonight has fallen to seventh in the West playing in territory it's way too early to trip about the standings but my point to that is some of these teams are healthy this year right and they're playing some good basketball this Kings team has been disappointing because they haven't taken advantage of some of these games that they gotta win if you're a good team if you're a good team you're gonna have stinkers every once in a while man what happened in that game
3: happens to everyone in this league sure but it's happened a lot
2: a lot more and a lot more recently yep and the response hasn't been there i felt like last year this team had Guys who fought a little more. The Kings felt scrappy. It felt like they would go down swinging. And it doesn't feel that way this year. So even if the record's around the same or the same, I don't even know what that update is at this point. But I think it's probably the same as it was through 41 last year. It feels different. The offense hasn't been as crisp. We've seen flashes. It's just flashes, flashes, flashes. No consistency. This team... I think, needs a move in the worst way possible. They need some new life. They need someone who's going to give them, and it may not just be one person, right, but give them a little more edge, a little more toughness, a little more fight, some pop that you can feel every night because right now they don't have that on a consistent basis, and you can't count on, you know, Fox is going through it right now and this team is struggling. Well, when the Kings were playing pretty good, he was killing it, 30 a game. You need help too. Mm -hmm. He's got to play better, but they need more help if they are going to be a legit team. If they stand pat, expect this. We're going to have nights like this where they lose to shorthanded teams at home. They're going to be around 500, and we're going to be, hey, a play-in game. Okay. Well, Miami was a play-in team last year, and that was amazing. But guess what? That doesn't happen every year. So trade deadline's coming. You don't have to wait till the deadline to do it, though. Facts. Thank you, Morgan.
3: Mm-hmm. I got
2: you. What's up?
3: Um, I see where you're going.
2: I'm not there yet. Okay. I wanted, do you want to get to something? Yeah. No. I was going to get to a couple of super chats. Thank you to I Miss You, Luke, who says, Even when the Kings let us down, we can always count on Deuce and Mo. Appreciate you, too. We appreciate everyone hanging out with us. It's late. I mean, it's after midnight now. It is. It's officially Friday morning. Insane Cookies donates five bucks saying, Here's a miserable fact. (laughs) The the Hornets have lost 17 of their last 18 games. Their only win in that time is against the Kings. You know, that's actually a stat that we used the other night, I think, on Night Chat, unfortunately, too. Oh, yikes. Yeah, but... It's it's tough. It's tough. Ugh, it hurts so bad. <laughs> what else do you want to cover tonight, Morgan?
3: Um, nothing much else. Uh, I was gonna say to you, if you don't mind, Coach. Um, I think the lights are. So what are
2: you saying?
3: Um, can can I can I take a uh time out are you leaving (laughs) yeah i think so oh okay we can wrap up the pod just say let's wrap up because i felt bad because no it's just it's my it's my eye i think because of the concussion the other day here's
2: what we're gonna do here's what we're gonna do because i'm feeling frisky (laughs) we're gonna end the audio podcast the audio podcast but i'm gonna hang out on youtube for a few more minutes to talk to the people i
3: didn't want to take that away that's fine okay that's
2: fine morgan thanks so much for hanging out kings are off until monday We'll be back to talk all about if anything big breaks in the NBA. Of course, we'll have content too. We love you guys, but we got's to go. See ya. Deuce and Mo,
5: Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and Mo.
0: After the end of a good fight.